Moisha, a medieval Jewish astrologer, prophesied that the king's favorite horse would soon die. Sure enough, the horse died a short time later. The king was outraged at the astrologer, certain that his prophecy had brought about the horse's death. He summoned Moisha and commanded him, Prophet, tell me when you will die. Moisha realized that the king was planning to kill him immediately, no matter what answer he gave. So he had to answer carefully. He said, I do not know when I will die. I only know that whenever I die, the king will die three days later. (laughs) This is a house, a building where humans, you know, small groups and families come together. Usually a house is a place where people live. But there are houses of prayer. Houses of ill repute. (laughs) But every time we've done a new member in-gathering service, the ritual that we do now a couple of times a year, um, once upon a time I think we only did it once a year, The responsive reading, the first responsive reading we did is generally, there are parts of it that are in the litany that the congregation reads back to the new members. And every time we've done that for at least 25 years now, we've called this a house of prophecy. Prophecy is typically carried out by prophets. And prophets are people who are regarded as inspired teachers or proclaimers of the will of that which is greater than their own. I'm listening to Walter Brueggemann the last couple of Sundays in our adult education class. Um, Walter Brueggemann talks about prophets being uncredentialed and uh, without pedigree. They rise up, and rather than strident tones, they carry dis- uh, disruption and transformation. Their messages are emancipatory rather than confrontational. They have built into them liberation. They have built into them a message that's transformative. Being a prophet's a scary job. It's dangerous. And, you know, the New Testament says prophets are not without honor except in their own land. So for Jonah to go to another country to do his prophecy, by that standard, he would be more effective. 
Anyway, the messages generally choose the messengers. The prophetic messengers are not out there shouting their preferences and personal views. Something bigger calls them and compels them to become the voice of truth with a capital T, not simply the truth as they are given to understand it. Three prophets that I know of didn't want to be prophets. Moses was one. He, uh, he argued with God for seven days. I shouldn't be the one to carry this message. Pharaoh won't listen to me. Uh, and, he, and he was afraid he wouldn't be able to persuade Pharaoh. And then there was Jonah who didn't want to uh, carry the message to the Ninevites. And then Jeremiah feared the impending King Nebuchadnezzar or Babylon destruction of the Holy Temple. And he didn't want to be a prophet either. But the God in Jeremiah says, I knew you and I selected you before you were born. He says, Jeremiah says, I don't know how to speak. I'm still a boy. But the message that was his to carry convicted his spirit somehow that his brain didn't. In the New Testament, the Christian Testament, there's the story of Saul of Tarsus, uh, who, who is going around persecuting Christians, uh, doing everything he can to stop them because his integrity told him that they were wrong. And then there's this story of him having the blinding experience on the road to Tarsus in which he becomes convicted. God says, why are you persecuting me and my people? So Saul's name is changed to Paul. And Paul writes a whole bunch of the books in the New Testament. Uh, these days, they say probably eight rather than 13 that he's generally accredited with, with uh, literary criticism and you know, the, the ways they study things now. Bob Dylan didn't want to be a prophet. Didn't like getting out in front of people much. Because prophecy is a gift, but it's also a curse. The New Testament talks about a number of gifts, not just the gifts of prophecy. Serving is considered a gift in Romans. Uh, teaching is a gift. Exhortation or encouragement is a gift. Giving is a gift. The ability to do these things. Leadership is a gift. 
And the ability to have mercy is a gift. People have different gifts. We can think about that when we think about talents. And our talents usually play into the way that we go about making a living or, or the way that we relieve ourselves after we make our living. You know, with expression artistically. Or, um. But so I, I want to ask, because this is a house of prophecy outrunning times past, it's courageous enough to let go of old habits, comfort zones, perspectives, perhaps, perhaps traditions, familiar contours, and the way things have been always done or have always been. We dared to step out of the shadow of the early Christian church and follow the lead of our own prophets, Michael Servetus, Francis David, William Ellery Channing, Hosea Ballou, James Luther Adams. The, then we stepped out on the limb with prophets of social reform and social order, including the transition, I think, between social reform and religious reform, like movements like the Transcendentalists. But then Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Paine, Benjamin Franklin, Dorothea Dix, Clara Barton, Isaac Newton, Tim Berners-Lee, and outrunning times present in visions of growth and progress, bold enough to lean forward and ride point at the cutting edge of awakening. Listening to the still small voice and standing willing to carry unpopular messages. What are your gifts? And what do you fear? Where sits that still small voice in your life and what space do you create to listen to and hear it? What our gifts are as a community has been in fluctuation and change forever. We can choose whether to courageously and faithfully follow the lead of our call for transformation, being transformational in the world around us. Wherever that leads, or we can as a community choose to not do the difficult work of discernment and try to force our will and our voices to overpower the current that would carry us along. Not social convention. You are not cowardly people. 
You have tremendous gifts. And whatever this transformation, this current transformation, calls us to be, will be beautiful. If difficult. You're not cowards because you're here, aren't you? That alone speaks volumes. Let us not be led by fear. Let us rest firmly on faith in and service to the high call with justice that rolls down like waters and peace like an ever-flowing stream.